All right, social media family, thank you for joining us once again for another installment of A Better Way to Pray. Now, we are on Lesson 13. Now, we have an a, a interesting topic, but not, I wouldn't say interesting, but probably one of our favorites. The title, the subtitle is Intimacy. Intimacy, the heart of salvation. Intimacy. Now, when you hear that word intimacy, what jumps out to you? Because I know we, I could put that word out there and a different pictures, different ideas come to people's minds when they hear that word intimacy. So if I just were randomly to ask you, what does intimacy mean? What would you say? It's very interesting because I was thinking about something along those lines today. And I was thinking about eyes, like looking like door to a person's soul. And I heard before, in intimacy can mean into me see. Mm -hmm. And I thought about like when you're really close to somebody, a best friend, um, the love of your life, or parents, somebody you're really close to. Sure. Like when you look in somebody's eyes, I know they're looking in yours. I have this really deep thought about it. Like you're looking in their eyes, they're looking in you. Okay, you know, I go. That's it, you know. Yeah. When you said that, I made me think that. Because I've, I've heard the phrase being broke down, into me, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Into me, into me, you see. Now, if I if I break it down like that, then I can see how intimacy can be kind of scary. The idea of it, right? Okay. And then you know we we talk about this a lot, almost every time we get together about how important it is for us to understand the nature and character of God. Now, if your understanding of, of God, your perception of who he is, is as a taskmaster, a fault finder, yeah. do you really want him looking into you to see no. what's going on with you? Because yeah. <laughs> we, we know the type of thoughts that come through, that cross our minds from, you know, yeah. each and every day, right? The types of things we wrestle with. Yeah. So if that's my concept of who God is, do do I really want intimacy with him? No, you don't. No, you don't. Mm -mm. Not at all. all right. yep. But now we can agree that intimacy is, is what God desires with each and every one of his children. Yes. Right? Yes. So how important is it then for us to have a proper understanding of his love for us? All right? Yes. Okay. All right, now I'm going to go to the most famous scripture in the Bible. John 3.16. John 3.16. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to read it in the... In the New Living Translation, then I'm going to read it in the Passion. Right. In the New Living Translation, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now, the Passion Translation reads like this. It says, For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. Now, there's a lot in this scripture. I know we can, you know, as seasoned believers, we can kind of gloss over this and say, yeah, that's right. You know, God loves me. He, he so loved the world. But we can milk this and meditate this to meditate on this for the rest of our lives and still not get the fullness of what's here because think about what he said here 
And I want to look at verse 17. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now, that's a game changer right there. If we can really get the revelation of verse 17. Yeah, he had come to... As we think a lot of times in church and stuff to like condemn people and you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, but it's like to save and you know, we always thought like save from hell, save from hell, save from hell, which that is definitely again. You don't want to go to hell. That is a great, absolute awesome benefit of your salvation, but learning more that you know, save you from the effects of sin and, and a harsh life and he has such a better way, you know. Um, he has the best way rather. And um you know, he's the one to judge us. He wants to help us That's have right. abundant life through him. Now, when I look at this, I know when years pass, and we we focus <coughs> on the... Excuse me. It's a lot of focus on the will not perish part. Mm-hmm. The fire insurance. Yeah. That's right. where, you know, because, you know, we put emphasis on that part. Yes. Was, you know, because when they read for God, so where, where King David read for God, so love the word that he gave on the guy that said that who shall believe shall not perish. I heard it said like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they put emphasis on the perish word. But really, you know, when I, you know, you know read it again, like I said, when I looked at it, you know, studying this week, I said, okay, what emphasis is on the first part of the prayer? For God so love the world. Okay, because he gave the only begotten son. Okay, that's the part we really should zoom in on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the part that he really want us to get. Yeah. You know. You know, the parish part is just a byproduct of him loving us so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's really interesting we're saying this as a sidebar, but it's something we kind of talked about here before anyway, but I was thinking that this week, I got, um, I'm just thinking of my thoughts, I go, I saw this thing a long time ago, it was one of those like, kind of like tracks almost, you know, to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get people saved, and it talked about <clears throat> like, oh well, like I'm 12 years old, and you're 12, and well, I'll get saved later, I'll come to Jesus later, I have my life to live, I want to do this and this and this, and well, you know, I'll get saved later. I just talked about all this stuff, and then they end up dying, basically, maybe in their 20s or something. They had, I don't know, they almost drowned, or whatever. It's like, well, you know, now it's too late. And I go, it's a thought again. I go, it's like, if you have to use death only to get somebody to serve God, mm-hmm. then he must be a very sucky God, you know? <laughs> like, and he's not, but I mean, that's how we've depicted him for years, so, you know. Yeah, when you focus on, on this thing, when you focus on parish, mm-hmm. now you focus on torment, punishment. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, yeah, the but you say so he yeah. won't torment. Yeah. He won't torment. Right. Me. So you punishment, fear, you know, like you need to be scared. Yeah. Because if you don't receive him, instead of focus on, okay, look how much he loved you, look what he did. Yeah. You know, and that is the, that is the part I think. Cause I think Andrew kind of brought that out. You know that we we put a lot of emphasis on the parish part. You know, it's like mm-hmm. okay, you gonna die. You know, you gonna go to hell. But which is true. But the love part is the one I think you really want to highlight. Yeah. God so loved. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you see the two the two benefits, right? Not perishing and eternal life. Not perishing and eternal life. Now, we know we have a, a, a sense of what punishment is right. on, a, on our human scale in the realm of time and space. All of us have experienced some verbal chastisement. Some of us have got plenty of butt whoopings in our time, mm-hmm. right? Got reprimands on our job, got tickets and fines and all this type of stuff. Some of us maybe done some jail time, been on, been on probation. Okay, so we know about punishment and, and discipline in that sense, yeah. right? So we, we have an, an, an identification with punishment, yes. but it's the eternal life part, mm-hmm. right? 
being being realms of time and space that goes beyond my natural understanding in, in reference to this word eternal, right? Because it's beyond my scope of understanding, natural understanding. But let's go to John 17, 3. John 17, 3. Because Jesus gives us the, the plain definition of what eternal life is. Now, I'm going to read this in the King James and then in the Passion. <clears throat> in the King James, it says, and this, and this is Jesus' high priestly prayer in chapter 17. Going down, verse 3 says, and this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That's one of my absolute favorite scriptures ever, by the way. <laughs> that they might know thee, the only true God. Now, in the New Living, uh, I mean, in the Passion Translation, it reads like this. It says, eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. And to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. So eternal life, he gives a, gives a, a context, knowing and experiencing the one true God through the person of Jesus Christ. This is eternal life. This is life eternal. It's like Eric was saying, we fix focus on the parish. It's like, I thought it too, I mean, it used to be, it, I mean, it's been, it still is taught some place, you know, a lot of places that eternal life's not going to hell. It just makes you don't go to hell. Don't go to hell, fire insurance, you know. And like the first time I ever saw the scripture, me personally, it was probably about eight months to a year ago. I mean, I probably read it a million times in church, but I never paid attention. And I go, this is a trouble life, knowing God, right. knowing Jesus, mm -hmm. the it's true. Simple. And I loved it that Jesus is a true God. And to me, that was almost like when it was the King James, it's like, um, you know, everybody thought they knew God, the religious Pharisees and stuff, and it's like, mm -hmm. they you, the true God, and I actually went through a phase myself, too, when I couldn't say God for a while, and I go, true God, true God, so I saw something like, Jesus, you call it true God, you know, but that is, that's a very awesome, like, scripture, yeah. But yeah, I can say we, I mean, I speak, no behalf of my Christian life, just believe it. Okay, you know, eternal life is it's okay. I get to be with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And, and that's true. But I remember teaching this, I remember reading this, and then teaching this in in the Bible Center Church I used to be at, and they looked at me like, "But I want to go to heaven." Okay, you're going to heaven. Of course, we want to go. We're all going but to heaven. Listen yeah. to what it says: that true eternal life is yeah, knowing knowing God, God, yeah. But they kept, but so I want to go to heaven, and I just like okay, never mind. They ain't getting it. I I went on to something else because <laughs> they were just so focused on just dying. Yeah, so and they can't quite see. But see, yeah. and, but that's the thing. See, we it is it, and it just goes back again to the perception, the caricature, right? The the understanding the nature of God because it's almost like okay. Eric, brother Eric, you telling me that you talking about knowing, knowing him is eternal life, but I want to go to heaven, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? As if there's a there's a a, a if or but like a separation, like they like you know you got to choose between one or the other. Yeah, you can't it's know like him and go to heaven at the same time. But the reality is, is all, it's everything. Mm -hmm. Eternal life mm -hmm. starts the day you get born again. Yeah, right. All... That relationship is there. Mm -hmm. It's just now going to heaven is you just getting an upgrade in your experience because we are no longer going to be limited by these physical bodies and time yeah, and space. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that struck me very big. That's for sure too at the time. Just I'm not just keep throwing my personal testimony out there, but it just it was like, um, I might mention it before or a few times, but I'm just thinking about what we're saying here as I go. I was at a point in my life where I go, I'd rather went to hell than to serve God the way I thought he was. Mm -hmm. So this really hit me big. I'm like, it's knowing who truly, you know, God is and Jesus and how good he is. 
you know, it wasn't just, well, make sure you do all this good stuff and deprive yourself of life, and then you'll go to heaven. I was like, wow. That's one of the I'll go to hell then. I don't care. You know? You're going to You're going to heaven. Because <laughs> you know him. And it's, it's already fun. a benefit there. <laughs> it's, it's like a, 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 an extra It's been bonus. ingrained, I it's think, the, It's the best bonus. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's just giving. Yeah, it's going so, yeah. with the rest. Right. Some of the other things. Like you would say, it, can, it consumes all of that, but then... I guess when I was thinking, as he was talking, if, if you're taught that you, you can't know God like that, yes, yeah. then, you know, the scripture's really not going to... It doesn't make sense. Yeah, because if you're taught, well, you know, um, what's the scripture they say, okay, no man know my thoughts, know my ways, they go Isaiah 55, I think. Mm -hmm. It's you know, scary too. Then, so therefore, if I got that ingrained, yeah. Yeah, that then to I'm not going to really try to know him, but yeah, I'm not going to all I know about is that, okay, I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and I'm going to heaven one day. And that's and the end of, yeah, that's the end of my revelation of knowing God. So, yes. and I'm cool with that, yes. you know, but in this scripture, it says knowing the true God, Jesus Christ, the one who sent, okay, knowing, we, he used the word intimacy. Yes. Okay, so that means I can know him on, on a deep Deep eleven, when I know, or yes. I can never stop knowing, getting revelation of who He is as I my my journey with Christ. Yes. Yes, and we go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just thinking just now. It never really dawned on me before, but the classic answer is going to heaven is what we're looking for. Um, and I think I, I'm thinking, what is it that they're thinking heaven is going to be? Because it's the relationship with the Lord that's going to be the best part of heaven. So really, they haven't, if we're answering that just getting to heaven is the answer, we haven't really thought very much about what what our, our anticipation is. I think it's just that, you know, the anticipation of no pain, no tears, no, you know, just cushy life in a sense. But really... Going to heaven is that relationship, and we get to we get to start it now and and experience it now on a amazing level. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's interesting that that um, the classic answer is to go to heaven, but but I I don't think people realize what that means. That phrase. Oh yeah, I agree. Because yeah. I mean, I well, here's my thing. My experience. You, you grew up hearing. Heaven is a wonderful place, you know, you're going to be with Jesus, you know, like she, like she said, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more problems, um, you know, you hear preachers preaching, you know, I use a Baptist preacher, you're going to walk around and shout all day, you know, I guess just sit in your rocking chair and do nothing, and I'm, I'm saying, okay, but have you stayed the, the judgment seat of Christ? Okay, they're going to be, mean that we are going to be judged. And with that judgment, they're gonna be. You, that's gonna determine what kind of responsibility you have in heaven. You're just not gonna be sitting down there just looking at Jesus like, okay, hey, your legs crossed, ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you know. That's, but I'm saying that's the perception that we've been given. Like, okay, once I get to heaven, I'm just gonna shout all days, you know, have a hallelujah time, and you know, what, sit have my legs crossed and just do this all day. No, that's not what it's gonna be consist of. It's gonna be having. We yeah. want to have responsibilities just like we have here. And, and based on when you go to judgment seat of Christ, that's going to determine what your reward is going to be. And so, therefore, that's yeah. going to determine that. I think that is true. It's, it's such a key because when you don't know that, too, that kind of throws it. You know, it's like yeah. that there is more to heaven and it's going to be even more fun and interesting than what we thought, you know. So, well, yeah. I just heard Andrew say it again the other day. I was listening to him. Um, on YouTube or something, and he goes, "That's the wiping away tears." When we finally see him, it's going. You may have messed up all of that. That's what most of the children made out. <laughs> we didn't figure it out. Some of us didn't figure it out. Right. All along, this all this was yeah. just waiting for us. No, we had nothing to be afraid of. Right? We made it, but it's like, you mean I, I had mean, such a sucky life than what I could have mm -hmm. had, right? You know. <laughs> I'm looking at this word. No, that. They might know thee, the only true God. Now let's look at Thayer's. All right, Thayer's definition of this word, no. All right. To learn, to know, 
to come to know, get a knowledge of or perceive, to know, to understand, perceive, have knowledge of, to understand. It is, a, it is a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. Another definition, to become acquainted with. So now, you know, the idiom of sexual intercourse, you think about intercourse. And you got to be pretty close to, you know, yeah. have intercourse, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you, you look like it, that's, that, 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 that's an extreme level of closeness, right? Now, using this as the word here to identify the type of interaction, relationship we have with the creator of all things, we have access to that level of knowing, understanding, walking with, talking with the creator of all things, that, that's, that level of openness. Now, how, how, I mean, if you really sat down and thought about that, how mind-boggling that is. The creator of all things has opened the door for you to have, to be acquainted with him. And he wants to spend the time. He's not no, I, Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I, I, I think you have mentioned that, that scripture in your opening prayer about the height, depth, and the love, and how deep, I mean, it's, it's, it's just unsearchable. It's, there is no, yeah, unmeasurable. There is no end to the love of God. So, and then throwing that intimacy in, you know, you know, say a husband and wife, you know, when they're intimate, it's like nobody knows the husband like the wife does, and nobody knows knows the wife like the husband does. So God offers that intimacy to the whole world. And then all of believers, we have the opportunity to be as intimate as intimate with him, really like as as we want to be. We can be as intimate with him as we would like or as we as we choose to be, as we desire to be. And he always, you know, if we, you know, I, I think there's a scripture reference, you know, draw near to God, he draws near to us. And so when we come together as, you know, like say Bible study and things, it's like, there's there's room to share of it's like he gives us he reveals himself to me and then he will reveal himself to somebody else differently and then we all share because he's just so deep in his love and then we kind of like learning from each other and then you know because the teacher there's a special gift to teach it's one of the gifts. He's going to reveal himself even more to that teacher so that teacher can give more of him out to classroom and Bible study settings and things like this or, or church setting or what have you. Because he's, it's just so much of him to, that's available, you know, and that's for us. And, and then we can just kind of like all learn from one another. And I mean, it's, it's whereas the intimacy between husband and wife, I mean, that's really not going outside of it. But God's saying, come be intimate with me. And then I was looking at that judgment. You know, I think it was judgment, uh, you know, uh, in John uh, well, 317, he came out to judgment. You know, Jesus I think later on in chapter five, he says the father is now he's he's declaring it like the father's now is no longer judging any man. All judgment has been placed on him, on Jesus. So it's like, you know, where it was judgment, all the old covenant, Old Testament. Now, Jesus, you know, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He's taking all the judgment away. Well, we ain't got to be judged that kind of way. 
any longer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whereas going to heaven is like, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's all bad, you know what I mean? Because you receive Jesus' judgments, and it ain't nothing to be guilty of anymore. But it's the intimacy that he wants us to catch a hold of right away in this world, in this life. That's good. That's Hope good. I ain't talked to you. No, that's good. That's good. Because as you were sharing, I, I got the picture of, you know, uh, you, couples that have been together, been married for long periods of time, how they f- can finish these other sentences, mm-hmm. right? You 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 already kind of they they already know. Okay, they got up like this this morning, so I needed I need to put the put the toast on this side of the plate, and I need to lay the clothes out like this, or I need to open up the door before she before she uh, get out of bed or whatever. Just this little things that you know. Why? Because of the interaction, the closeness. And we see Jesus and the Father, the, the, the level of interaction that was there. So let me, let me go to John 5, since he mentioned John 5. Let's go to John 5, and we're going to start at verse 16. And I'll, I'll read this in the New Living Translation, God uh, 16, and we'll go down to like verse... 24, but I might pause. It says, So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, My father's always working, and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father thereby making himself equal with God. Verse 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater things greater works than healing this man, then you will truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Now you see how much was said there. How the father is, the son is a reflection of the father. The type of, there's there's no variance there. Yeah. And that's the type of intimacy, that closeness that the Lord desires for his children and him. For us to be close to him like that. And when you, you know, you spend time just fellowshipping with the Lord, you'll find yourself doing stuff, imitating him, and not even really know it. Yeah. And see, and this is this that's that's true transformation and holiness right there. Not the behavior modification. Mm-hmm. Looking on the outside to follow a set of rules to keep you in line. But that time of fellowship where the fruit of the spirit that is that has been placed on the inside of you when you were born again, that they can that they can express itself even more because of the time you spend it with him. Yeah. Where do you think that phrase comes from, like father, like son? 
a chip off the old block, stuff like this. Yeah. The one thing I love about when you talk about intimacy, and I was thinking is intimacy is it's intentional and it's on purpose. It just don't happen. Yeah. By mistake. It's intentional. You have to make time. Yeah, it's on purpose, right? You gotta make time for to know somebody like that. It's yeah. intentional and it's on purpose. It's you like, want okay. to. You, that's your desire, your right. heart, hardest desire to know. You know, because I think sometimes we get the impression that, oh, because I'm saved and thing, God is going to automatically um, yeah. push his way into our life. Yeah. And it's going to make you know him. And if he's not going to do that, no. because he, he's a gentleman, so. It has to be intentional on your part, on purpose on your part, to say, okay, hey, I want to know you like this. And so, and so you begin to do things, as Judy was explaining, okay, I know what color my wife, I know what her favorite color is, I know what she doesn't like. I know if I do this, she's going to get on her nerves. You know, I know what's going to make her happy. Or I know if I buy this, that, oh, she likes this, favorite, this, this. So, that's intimacy. I can't know that. Unless I'm intentional and doing it on purpose to know. To know who she is. Right. And the surface stuff, it doesn't last because you get tired and you don't really hold it because it was never intentional from the heart. It was just trying to buy something or earn something. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really because you wanted to know her favorite color. I want to know. I want to know her favorite flower or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, I know, I don't know if anybody, you know, maybe somebody, you can be in a relationship where all somebody wants is your stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how long that's going to last. Yeah. But it's, if you, you'll yeah. find out pretty soon, okay, all they want is my stuff. Mm. And when the stuff is gone. Then they lose interest. Yeah, they lose they gone. And they're gone. Right. And so if that's I can't get what I want, what I want, or the way I say I want it, then I'm gone. So, yeah. But, You open up a can of worms with that one. Oh. Say so you, you called in the south for being spiritual gold diggers. My mm -hmm. goodness. <laughs> that's true. But but see, but that's it though. I mean, just think about it, right? If 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 my desire, if what I really want out of the relationship with God is stuff, mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. I could be tempted to commit adultery because somebody else has stuff. Mm -hmm. I can get stuff another way. But if I truly want, if I want to know God, if I want to know who the true God is, there's only one. And if that's my desire, then once I find him, there's no... There's, there's no chasing after anything else because yeah. I have the real thing. Yeah. Nothing compares to it. I look back sometimes at like three and a half years ago in my life and I go, I went, you know, some would have considered it and I thought to myself a lot of times I go, I wasn't pursuing God, I was running from God, but I go, the heart really, it was, I, I thought back, I go, and I go, like, God, yeah, whatever I have anything to do with you, even if I had, I still probably wouldn't have meant it. It was, if, if you were like that God, like a kind of like I was in almost not tempting God, but like if you're like that, I want anything to do with you. And then I've, I've said it over and over. I really like felt like in my heart I saw God like crack his knuckles and go, "Now I can show you who I really am." Because mm -hmm. I stopped faking. You know that I love this Jesus. I say I do, but it was like you know really getting to know him and stuff. And um, you know that she wouldn't have even dated the religious skeptic that comes and visits her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. She would have been too too much for him. Probably too good for him at that that you before. <laughs> yeah, many years ago, but I go. Oh why did that hit me Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah I probably would have thought I was, you know, too good for him. I mean, you know, he wouldn't have been the one for me, you know, but like however, you know, just I don't know, just, you know, really being intentional, but you know, that was kind of an extreme one, and about I, I wish I'd known to begin with, you know, knowing what I know now and learning. But I go, anyway, it's really knowing. And I go, when you do, too, we're talking about just this bunch of things that are going through my mind as we're talking about this little thing. Like, when you really know God, too, and have that intimacy, 
you don't have to question his character, which is cool too. Mm-hmm. I thought about Andrew Womack's book, The True Nature of God. I have not read the whole book yet, but I have listened to a lot of the teaching. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But I did read his introduction in it, and it really always struck me really cool. It was like enough in itself, not that the book's not great. Read the book. The book, the book I'm sure, is great. Um, he talked about him and his wife, Jamie, and he goes that um, if someone was to come up to him and said that Jamie had committed adultery on him or did this or that, he goes, he would call him a ball-faced liar, you know, basically. He goes, because he goes, I know Jamie. And he goes, I, and he put it in the towels, know Jamie. And I go, he talked about God. He goes, we need to know God at a level where all these lies of the enemy that we taught, we know. And that comes with relationship, you know. And that's it, because I know there was times where I, I think I met one time one guy in the grocery store, and he stopped me, and he was telling me, you know, about his church and Christian things. And he started to talk, and for a while, I just couldn't figure out okay, where is, where is he coming from? You know, he was just saying different things, this and that, and it's like, and it sounded good, but then it's like, some is off. Some is off. And then, then he said one thing, and I was like, oh. oh <laughs> yeah. I couldn't really, actually, I couldn't, yeah. you know how you can't explain stuff to him, because he was saying a whole lot, and he was using scripture to back it up. Yeah. But now I was like, Nah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just I knew, like you said, when you know God when somebody then he said something that was like totally uh, like, okay, yeah, you no nah. get it. Yeah. You're not you're not a believer as we talk about believe that work yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah. it was more like a cult thing. Oh my god. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I was like, nah, I am not interested in you. No, but it's, it was just that one thing, yeah. You know, and that's why you know, in the scripture said, "What my sheep know my voice." Yeah. And strangely, when I follow, and so it's like, no, this is not the voice of. Yeah. God that I said. And then you, when you hear like, not that we shouldn't have some rules and regulations for our safety, but when we have like, you know, somebody tell you like a belief system where everybody has to wear this kind of clothing or everybody has to, right. has to, has to, it's like. That's yeah. creepy. And I mean, they may love Jesus. I'm sure they do. But there's something missing there. and That's legalism. That's legalism. And yeah. that's, to me, I'm sorry. I'm going to go there. It can be cultish, you know, too. Mm-hmm. It's not a cult, quote unquote, you know. But, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and it's, it's really based on carnality. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, looking at the externals. Yeah. Instead of, you know, walking in the spirit. And I think a lot of that, a lot of the things that did the way where's play the places where we trip up and where we see people fall is in in looking putting too much emphasis on the externals, the carnality. And, and you know, when I use that word carnality, it's not just necessarily just talking about evil stuff, mm-hmm. but we're talking about things we could touch, taste, see, and feel. Giving that too much authority. Right. Now, that doesn't mean we get dumb deep, you know, and act like the physical world of time and space it doesn't exist. Obviously, this is where we are. We are here. Yeah. You know, I think where I was the other the other night, Sunday night, when we called the ambulance for rescue squad, there was a reality there. I was not breathing or mentioning hardly, and that was a reality. But the other, the other reality is, God was trying to make sure. And then it was little. I was still talking, and He goes, oh, "You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone." But in the physical, that's the, the touching the scene. I was going, and I'm like, "I can't do this." And it was all these horrible feelings. I knew I was in the natural that I was dying, and God was going like, "So it was like two two worlds going on right there." Mm-hmm. And just imagine now how that word has been deposited in her, right? Now, imagine someone else with that same physical pressure, absent of the word of God. They wouldn't be here. They would not be here tonight. They'd be, if they were released, they would already be home. They'd checked all the medicines. They'd get everything straight and go, it's time for you to rest. Everything, you medicines. Just make sure there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. 
tense place, mm -hmm. but they didn't know. It didn't have a, it was also, we've talked about it has to be God right. that's telling you to do this. Because if I had felt that, I knew I would have needed to go home and just do what he says, rest. But I had this over, I, I kept thinking, I go, I looked at the time ago, I kept thinking, it's only two hours. That's not many hours. We're already in Williamsburg, but I don't have any decent clothes because these are not decent. And I mean, decent to walk around because I'm feeling covered. Mm -hmm. But I was missing articles, but something overrode it. And I kept thinking, I go, should I mention it to her? Because I have all my medicines that gave them all to me there. Mm -hmm. you know, so I already have them. I had to go get prescriptions or anything. I don't want to miss. I just felt this. You you need it. I could hear it with his voice going. Like, you need this, not that I need it, because he can minister anywhere. Right. But it's being with y'all, being together with. She believers. was very sad. I know. Yeah. I was. I of course I wanted to be her. I was like, I was, was planning on going home for her rest. And she's like, I really, really. And I didn't feel bad. I'm like, well, it's up to the tired. Right. And the natural. I'm telling you, all of them would be going. You did what? You need to go home. You just come from off of oxygen and all this and this and this, and you could probably walk. I know. And she was singing on the way down. Someone who had fluid, too much fluid in her lungs five days ago. So, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Scripture says, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And to be honest, Sunday night, I did not think it was going to work in the natural, but the spirit man was constantly ministering to me. The physical was. And God brought everyone around me that was going to keep me up like this and treat me like I needed to be treated because I've had bad experiences with the place, the people who came and got me mm -hmm. before 10 years ago. I was treated on spot. What do you mean? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, 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 uh. It was a whole bunch of people there. And, and then this is how it's going. What do you need? Tell me what's going on. What's going on, sweetie? This is, this is so-and-so. Um, tell him he's the, I guess, a bigger, a higher up. He's coming around, he's saying, what's going on, sweetie? What's going on? Everyone, I don't know, you know, yes. blah, 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 and all this. Yes. And go, well, let's, right. let's get you ready. So all that was treated good. Everything was just, I was treated the right way. And also, he's constantly ministering. You may feel this way, but you're not alone. You're not alone. Tell me all your feelings. I knew you want to, and I did. But I, that's why I called my girl. I couldn't do it on, I couldn't do it by myself. Believe enough for it to, whatever was wrong, for it to go. But he still was there. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. And see, intimacy. The fruit yeah. of intimacy. Mm. Right? Hearing the voice. I don't, right. I, I'm not sure how well, it, well, that's another. God orchestrates stuff for us. Hearing Raquel say that early that day to, it's no matter, at the end she started saying, she goes, I'm, I'm in there with this. She goes, no matter what happens, she goes, God wants you healing. She goes, it could be this and this. Don't let condemnation come. Do what you got to do. He's with you. He's in it. He's in the middle of it. Just trust him. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be condemned. And that just kept nipping up. Don't be condemned. You're going to turn towards medicine because you trust God so much. It's okay. And then I just let them help because I was feeling so out of this world. That's good. That's good. Because, you know, we talk about, listen, we talk about healing now, right? You know, it's not that. There's only one way for the Lord to do what he does, to manifest his promise in our lives. Right? And we can see that in the ministry of Jesus. Some people, he just spoke the word and healing manifested itself. Then the other person, what he do? He spilled on the ground, put mud in that person's eyes. Right? The end result is the same. Different methods of administration, but same end result. And see, and this is why, you know, intimacy with him is, is such, it, it, it bears so much fruit because it keeps us away from the formulas. Right. Yes. This is, the, the XYZ equals, yeah. equals healing or prosperity or your mama getting saved or your cousin getting saved or whatever, right? It, 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 it voids out the formulas where we can, we can, get to to fellowship with him and hear from the Lord and be led 
in a way that we can actually see stuff manifest itself because there are so many different ins and outs of invariables going on in our own lives and the lives of the people that we deal with. We believe in God for X, Y, Z to happen. And we don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on with our cousin or our neighbor across the street or our coworker. We don't know all that stuff, but who does? God. The Holy Spirit does. Yeah, he does. And, that, and that same Holy Spirit, don't he dwell inside you? In me? And as we trust in that, then that opens us up to hear different instructions, yeah. to be kind of led to do certain things, even yeah. if it, it seemed kind of awful or silly. It was really against the way I've always felt for a long time. And it, I'm, I'm being careful what I say because I've learned it's a very tender moment. He's, he, never, he wasn't trying to teach me anything. So I tried to tell you, you, could, you might have to go that way. It's not. meet you there. Any medicines, anything that's contrary to your body, your body, I, because you trust me, I will protect you. And I, I saw my heart, and kept talking about my heart. My heart is what they said, it's the weak part. And they would certainly say, your heart should be going, boom, boom, boom. And it's going like that. So your heart is, is really, you know, supposed to be weak. And then I, it's because of they had given me such a, a great I guess way of looking at it, you know, a, a picture of it. I saw God going, whatever they say, I'm holding your heart because you trust in me. She told me that. I'm healing your heart because you trust me. Anyway, you trust me. Any medicines I got to take, is you take them because that's what they say, but you can go against any side effects. They fall to the ground. Only what they're designed to do in the good sense. That's it. Because I remember my testimony I heard a while back, a woman... Um, you know, I think she had cancer and she got a revelation, you know, it says to stay on the way, right? So she got a revelation to put scriptures in her shoes. Hey. And got she got that works, and that was and, and cool. she but she got healed. Now that was her revelation. Yeah. Now I can't take the same revelation. Yeah. Because that thing. was her. Well, I guess I put scriptures in my shoes today because I got a headache. Right. You know, so yeah. that was, but that was the revelation, as Julie says, different. That was for yeah. her. Yeah. Because that's what she got out of studying the scriptures, revelation God gave her, and she acted in faith. She put scriptures in her shoes. Yeah. And she was literally standing on the word. Yes, yeah. And that's what I caused thought. the faith. Right. You know. I'll say something that, you know, would hit home. It's really real, too, but, like, healing is, you know, something in regards to trusting God or talking to him, getting his guidance over. And Mom knows about this guy I've talked about it for the past, like, three and a half years of my life as I go. Um, women dressing modestly, and I say that very loosely because modesty, that word, has been stretched, like, three zillion different ways in the church, and I go... Uh, that was one of my other confused spots where I'm like, whatever, God. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I don't want to dress like a nun anymore, whatever. I'm not a nun. I don't respect nuns, but I'm not a nun, you know? And it would be like fear sometime, and I would be scared to trust God to ask him stuff. But I remember, like, very many instances of, like, what should I wear? Or is this right? I want to be, you know, like I said, to my sisters out there listening, you know, I'm sure we all have that struggle. It's like, what should I wear, you know? And it was like, God would show me, like, like custom to me, not that he was different standards, that's not the point, it was just in my heart, it would be like, mm -hmm. why shouldn't I, and it would be the shouldn't, but it would be in a different way, it would be like, well, you just shouldn't, you know, that's how it was taught, you know, growing mm -hmm. up, was, you don't dress that way, and it was like, this is why. And intimate. Or, yeah, it was, or yeah. you were taught you're not supposed to, and you're supposed to have the shirt up to your bottom of your chin, and it was like, you're a girl, you're a lady, it's okay, you know, be feminine, you know. And it was all this stuff, like I said, the many, many times it was a big struggle of mine. But I go, and I'm still working on it sometimes, but I go, it wasn't about that, it was about the heart, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was so different, like, the answers God had for me blew me away, because I'm like, I would have thought God would have been like, heck no, nah, I don't want you wearing that. And it, or it, more of the time it was, you can, not you can't. Because mm -hmm. I had such a strict, you know, like, right? And you see, and that no, the yeah, the the character, yes, yeah, of of God, yeah, and understanding that 
that character, it opens you up to to really hear. Yeah. Because if you and and this and we we deal with this in interactions with with people, right? Because if we already if we have a perception of somebody, then whatever they say or do is going to be filtered through that lens of 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 our perception of who they are. If you know somebody to be, if if you know someone to be a liar, right, or kind of you know, or kind of kind of just kind of grimy, everything that they say to you, or what they do, there's gonna be some there's you're gonna take it with a grain of salt, or you're gonna be there's gonna be some skepticism. Someday they give you a gift, like what they up to. What are they trying to get out of me? They're trying to soften me up to do what? Why? Because of your perception of who that person is. Mm. Right? So, if the Lord is a taskmaster, if he's looking to find fault, if that's his MO, then every time you read scripture, you're going to hear it, you're going to read it through that lens. And it can get to a place where it's not producing life in you, but producing death. It's turning into another set of rules and regulations and demands. And as Julie was talking about, once you live off that, that and you live in that place of works righteousness, you'll get to a place where you know what? If this all that knowing God is, I'm done with it all. Because to be honest, I mean, it, it's just too much pressure. It is. It'll kill you. <laughs> because if you if you are trying to earn your salvation, your ticket to heaven, and your good life, quote unquote, you're trying to earn it, then there's going to come a place where you hit the wall. But the reality is the gospel, the good to, the almost too good to be true news is he already knew that you can't make it. You can't be God's standard. I can't be God's standard. Yeah. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So you were born with a death sentence on your head. So you you destined to fall short. Yeah. But guess what? He passed the test for you. He fulfilled the law for you. So you get, you and I receive the benefit of relationship with God based on what? Based on what he did. His death, his burial, his resurrection. That free gift that he gives to all those who receive him. That's, that's, that's where the birthplace of knowing him is. That's where you start. And then you just, you know, as you continue to grow in your walk with him, the more time we spend with him, with the brothers and sisters in the faith, reading our word, praying and all these things, we just get to see more and more of him at work. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um, Julius, if I may, you had mentioned, you know, about healing and I'm if I can digress just a little bit, um, you talked about different ways that Jesus, you know, healed, how he didn't do it the same way. I was wondering if, in the, in the reference that I'm using, is this centurion, uh, Soji and Matthew, uh, I think it's chapter eight, where he, you know, came to Jesus and I think he humbled himself and was like, you know, you know, I'm a man on authority, you know, go this way, go, you know, just speak the word only because he didn't want him to, you know, come to his house. Mm-hmm. Not in a, you know, in a humble kind of way, not in a um, pious kind of way. Well, did Jesus demonstrate those different ways of healing just to show us different ways that he could heal or being God all knowing? Did he know that, okay, this is the way, or maybe even the only way, and this is kind of a question, that this person's going to receive their healing? You know, if I don't put spittle and mud on this guy's eye, 
he will never see again. Or if I just don't just speak the word, this person won't be healed again. Is that could that be why he did it different ways? I would say the answer is like on those multiple choice tests. Yeah, all the above. All the above. I would think it's all the above. It's all the above. Because I'm thinking, listen to him, you know, I think the, the different ways he hears for us, I think, to say, read this and say, okay, look, you know, he God, right, God knows, well, he, he has mm -hmm. more way of healing than just the one, you need to see Jesus heal one particular way. But I also think God is, you know, intimate enough to know, okay, I know what Eric needs to hear is hitting him here, Juicy, getting here, Mary needs to hear, you know, Kevin, although he knows us, he knows us that intimately. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, he knows what, you know, he knows who to put in our path, speak a word to you. That's great. I, it's interesting, I remember, years ago, I remember I was just real down about something, and I was walking from the grocery store, you know, but just down about certain things and that man just pulls up in the car and says, you know what, God told me you need to hear this and spoke something what I need to hear. Just randomly just drives up. Yeah. And so I'm saying, so he knows us that intimacy as far as even with healing and yeah. different things. And so, like I said, I just all the above. Yeah. You know. And it also gives us a picture as we study the word. It says, okay, well, hey, he has more way of healing than just this way and this way and that way. You know, he just didn't do it this way. You know, with this person, he did it that way. And like he said, that gives us a, um, then let us know, okay, hey, you know, God just not just one way of doing something. Yeah. This, this was more than um, physical healing. It was a lot of physical manifestation of healing, mm -hmm. but it was a lot. It was emotional healing too, because mm -hmm. there's so much things that y'all know about. It was a culmination. It was already stopped. The other was, but this was the physical that it came from because your body is going to stress, mm -hmm. and it, it tried to attack my body that way. But then it was it was God showing, and then the modeling is like everything I've already started to reverse and renew and restore, it's going to be so much better than you've ever imagined. And it's already here. And then the physical's going to come because um, Dennis was even trying to tell me, he goes, focus on the, the supernatural, what you need in the supernatural, so you can see the physical. And I kept telling him, I go, because it was so dominant, and this was life and death, it was, I kept telling him, I go, it's blocking me. I can't think past not breathing. And you can't. So that's the time you get to this end. You go, God's got, he knows you got to come in and physically do something one way or the other so you can access the rest. And he did. That's good. That's good. That's good. And it was, I know, it, like, coming tonight was, it's more about the spiritual and the emotional than even the physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's all. You know, we have the pluses where we're talking about the extra additives. Yeah. The extra is, is the continue with you're, you're being healed, you're healed and all that. The rest was being here. That's and, good. And, and all right. I want us to close at Psalm one thirty nine. Psalm one thirty nine. And I think this is a a, a good a good picture of how well he knows us. Yes. 139, and I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. I'm going to start at verse 1 and go down to verse 6. And it reads like this. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. 
You know every step I would take before my journey even begins. Verse 5. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness you follow behind me. To spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. It's a picture of King David, a man after God's own heart. The level of fellowship that he had with the Lord. And this level of fellowship and in interaction he desires for each and every one of us. And that's the Savior we have. That's the God we serve. All right, social media family. Thank you once again for joining us. And we will see you next week. All right.